Right. What, what episode on? are we on? What episode 44, is this? Episode 44. Scarlet Page, who is a photographer, surprisingly. She is a rock photographer, I guess. Like, she's photographed, she yeah. photographed musicians and generally rock musicians. Um, Odds are, if you're age between 25 and 40, oh, you probably, you probably grew up with two or three of her photos on your wall at some point in your life. Yeah. I know I did. I must have oh, had yeah. at least three or four of her photographs yeah. on my bedroom wall at some, uh, you know, growing up. Without realising it, but like, yeah, I, I just yeah. put pictures out of Kerrang! of like the Foo Fighters and stuff like that. And so then looking through her work, I was like, oh man, yeah, that one, that one, all these really well-known pictures. She started working when she was just out of uni, assisting another photographer, and then just got into you know doing that and has made a name for herself over the last what 20 plus years maybe 30 i don't know if you're listening to this and not watching it you should be watching it because there's so many different photos that we talk about that i've dropped them into the youtube video so if you're listening to this there's a link in the description to watch this episode on youtube so go and do that but just anyway what watch and listen to it it's a bit of a longer one um because uh, we just talked about so many different things. Um, we recorded it a couple of months ago. Uh, not that that really means anything. We talk about our work shooting, the Foo Fighters, the Wild Hearts, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, loads of stuff like that. You're annoying. I'm going to mute myself and let Jamie continue. <laughs> tell, so yeah. tell, tell everyone about Friends. Yeah, so thanks for checking out this podcast. But yeah, if you haven't already... Register to the front mailing list. Um, there'll be a link down below. Front is coming soon. We've had a few challenging weeks with it, but we're so, so close to doing it. Um, but yeah, when we do launch, the only play, the only way you can get on, look, start again. When we do launch, the only way you can actually get on front is by registering to our mailing list. I'm sure if you've already done that, you would appreciate that we don't send out any emails. It's just so you can be on there. We can gauge how many people are going to be on the platform when we do go live. Um, and it's going to be exclusive when we launch. It's going to be exclusive to those people who have registered until we can get everything working and running smoothly. So, yeah, check out the link. Hit the link below. Register to the mailing list. Check out everything that we're doing here at Front. And follow us on Instagram. That's where we do most of our updates. More news will be coming soon. But for now, enjoy Scarlet Page episode. Drum more, please. Traditionally, and I'm sure you've said this a million and one times, but if you'd like to introduce yourself and just say who you are and what you do, that would be superb. My name's Scarlett Page and I'm a photographer. I've worked in the music business for over 25 years now, but take pictures of people predominantly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate your time. And we actually want to start things off a little bit differently, I guess, because we know that everyone knows what your work is even if you don't like to admit we know that everyone knows your work and we know your work and we've had it up in our bedrooms we've got it however long <laughs> but we want to start off by asking you more of a, a recent project that you've had going on to see if it's still something you're kind of doing at the moment um, Luke you know a bit more than me well it's, it, it was based around lockdown wasn't it yeah yeah it's a project I really enjoyed uh, seeing it the the, the the photographing children in the 
in the people's gardens just I thought it was really interesting it quite resonated because my, my son Rudy has a an elephant that he's had since he was born and it's like torn to pieces and it used to be really fluffy and it's really flattened and, it, and he takes it everywhere with him um and it was really interesting to see like you doing that project so we do yeah wondered about um how that kind of came about and also like is it still something that you're is ongoing uh, so, like everyone, when lockdown hit, I think a lot of photographers turned to sort of working on their archives as well as juggling families and, you know, um, mental health <laughs> of the whole family and all yeah. that stuff. So, um, but at the same time, actual photo shoots, you know, was, were quashed and they couldn't really do anything at all. And everyone was so freaked out about meeting other people and... So everything had stopped basically. And um, as you know, mm. and um, there was this whole thing about doorstep photography and that wasn't really something that I wanted to do because as, as valid as that was, that wasn't what I was trying to achieve. Um, but at the same time, I needed to get my teeth into something that would keep me feeling like me uh, amongst having to sort of take on all these new roles like the Groundhog Day, the sort of, I mean, you know, my kids who are 11 and 14, if you ask them, what did mum do in lockdown? They'll say, oh, nothing really. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, when really you were sort of holding everything together and sponging yeah. everyone's sort of needs and emotions. And so anyway, my son's always had um, comfort, you know, a, a special toy. And in lockdown, he ended up sort of gaining more and sort of wandering around with them. And they became all important. Like if you couldn't find them, he'd just literally freak out. So I thought it could be a night, you know, I've always been quite fascinated by that comfort toy and how, what that represents. But in lockdown, especially, I thought it was quite a good, cause you know, he was, wow, what was he? He was nine, they're coming up to 10. And I thought it might be quite a nice way of documenting him at that age and, and then opening it out to, you know, friends and uh, kids that I knew locally certainly through primary school and what struck me was that um because I'd recently done a project for um well it was a it was my own project called resonators um of guitarists with guitars and um it was a way of putting the subject at ease you know to have them holding something something that meant a lot to them and I mean with with guitarists it is their one true love isn't it and similarly with kids their comfort toy I mean they almost go to a different dimension when they're holding it sometimes you know they sort of yeah. it takes them to that place and um so I thought well that will be quite a nice sort of thread and also what I wanted to do was try it you know even though we were all freaked out by that first sort of lockdown and mm. uh, going to people's gardens it was I, I got a bit of a kick out of being able to get something that felt really intimate even though we had to keep our distance and um ended up taking oh, I don't know maybe it was about 60 it was certainly more than I did for resonators yeah, yeah but yeah. no I I stopped I mean I I didn't really ever sort of do that much with it I'm sure I could have pushed harder and you know sort of made more of a fuss but I did enter a picture into Portrait of Britain that year which is something I've never done and got selected as one of the finalists which was which was nice I suppose it's also yeah. quite like refreshing in a way I know like Covid isn't a, a good thing or anything like that but in terms of your you know your kind of day-to-day -day work if you like 
it was quite a nice challenge for you to to try something a little bit different or outside of the the ordinary of what you would normally do yeah and it was a little bit more in keeping with something that you might enter into an ex uh, like a you know not um not taylor wessing or something because they're quite specific but some kind of photography sort of awards and just something that wasn't just a known face you know yeah. um but try and capture something that that uh, it's funny because a lot of the kids actually sort of held a real wisdom you know certainly the one that i earmarked for the um portrait of britain is of a girl called esme and she's only like five but there's just something you know it's just amazing how a photograph can capture something you right. know that that tiny slice of time can also sort of evoke something so great you know um so yeah it was really i mean it, it did keep me sane i just like right because my husband was working he's a gardener so by the time he got home i'd be like right slater i'm out and then yeah. i just do like four or five and the weather was really nice as well so it, it helped and yeah it was good it kept me sane it's a strange one because we, um, we spoke about like photography and how good we think it is for like your mental health and things like that but when you you think of like lockdown now like I always think like the first lockdown was such a like a you know it was like a what the hell was going on sort of thing you kind of haven't you hadn't adapted to it so to speak so you were kind of it was looking back on it it was almost easier to deal with than like the second and so on and so forth because it was just a change that you kind of had to adapt to but then when you knew this was going to stay around for a longer time and you realized you had to change certain things about your life and stuff yeah i think it's really important to like to do something you know whether it be photography or something else completely it is really really important for your mental health to to find something that will keep you kind of on the right track do you know what i mean mentally definitely and i do believe that photography you know i go through this process every time i do a shoot where like when I, when I was shooting film, it would be, you know, you sort of have that healthy nerves before a shoot and then you'd shoot the film and then think, has it come out? And then yeah. you'd see the contact sheets and go, yes. So it's like this sort of roller coaster of emotions. And even still now, you know, whether I'm shooting, uh, you know, a fitness instructor down the road or a famous name, you know, like Kelly Jones from Stereophonics or something, I'll have the same kind of pre-shoot feeling um but i think that keeps you you know it's part of my process it's sort of like some weird maybe some weird addiction or something you get a high and you know the nerves and i don't know maybe paranoia <laughs> yeah. no I, I completely resonate with that and it's quite an interesting little segue into a question i had because i was listening to one of your uh, you know an interview that you had however long ago or podcast you did and it, you know you said in there that you sometimes get a little bit shy or you know a little bit nervous which is kind of like weirdly reassuring to hear from someone of your kind of level or what you know what, what you've achieved in your career and you know I was wondering if that's ever you know is that something you still feel now or is it ever stopped you from taking a photo that you really wanted to to take or you know a series of photos oh yeah definitely um I think so for example before Christmas I did I shot two gigs in December and it was you know for the first time in two years that I shot a gig but the, the first one I thought well it's it's local to where I live and it was a darkness and they were playing in Reading so I thought well that would be good because I haven't seen them for ages and I've done a lot of work with them and about 20 years ago I spent a whole year on the road with them and I thought oh, I'll be you know it'd be really nice so went down but again I was like I've got to seize the opportunity because here I am in the 
you know, in the dressing room, I'm shooting it just for myself, but, you know, I've got to make some things happen. And, and you could easily just sort of like be the wallflower or go, right, come on then, let's get you in the, in the um, you know, the corridors and let's just do something. You've got nothing to lose, you know, but uh, my default would be like, Oh, a bit awkward you know but you know it's certainly if it's just for yourself but then you do have nothing to lose so you know I've got to sort of make these things happen yeah it's quite funny like you know, you've just reminded me of saying it's quite a I don't know if this is a, a brag or not but and do you know what you might have even took the photo so talking of the darkness I so I think I went to like one of their first ever like UK appearances and it was at Download Festival and it must have been 2003 I don't know if that rings a bell if you if you were there so I've managed to avoid a lot of download uh certainly the flying wee bottles yeah, um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's one of the one festivals that I haven't actually done that much of so no I probably wasn't. okay so well basically I was going to say you might have took a photo of me without realizing then but um so in the in the first darkness album there's a photo of Don Donington Park where download was held and you see me right at the front right at the front of the, the crowd but Amazing. now you wouldn't like no one would know it was me because obviously it's a huge crowd but yeah. I know that it's me and three of my mates that I was there with right at the and front that's of the yeah I mean I I've, didn't take that one but I have taken shots of other well like so the second show I did in December was the stereophonics and another great thing about that was that it was at the Shepherd's Bush M, well, whatever it's called now, but you know, Shepherd's Bush. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I did a shot at the end, you know, at the back of the stage yeah, yeah. looking out. And so you can see all the all the people and it was all lit up. And, you know, it's it's always really fun when people go, oh my God, and like someone else would go, oh, that's my friend, so-and-so, and you know. But yeah, it's uh, you know you're there, but not exactly, necessarily yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that you just casually say, you know, I was taking one of those photos, and there's me at the front, like covered in wee. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I, wish, yeah. I wish I was that person. <laughs> no, that's that's really cool too. And do, do, so when so when you go to like you know gigs or or festivals or whatever it might be, do you tend to like? I, I appreciate this might have changed over the years, but do you kind of travel quite light in terms of the equipment you use? Do you have like one camera and a lens or do you have a backpack full of gear? I've got my backpack. Uh, I've got two, I usually have two bodies. Um, just always, I think that's the thing. You've always got to make sure you've got your backup. Um, and um, an 80 to 200 lens. So I'm still shooting on a DSLR at the moment. Yeah. Um, I am hoping, I've never actually properly used a mirrorless but it's the time is is nigh and um uh, like the the camera that i've got at the minute is um a nikon 810 and um it's great for portraits but as i found in december actually having not shot lives you know gigs for a while it's just too slow for that action you know and there was definitely a lot of things that i was missing out on because it was just it's a brilliant camera but not for not for sports or like you know that sort of thing um and uh i've got to shoot next week where i need something that's a lot faster it's not music but it's got like dance and movement and um i am quite i think i'm gonna have to make the leap soon but but then that will be a problem because i don't want to have two mirrorless bodies they're yeah. so expensive um so maybe i'll keep one dslr but yeah. yeah always having two bodies and you know numerous batteries and for the for the bodies and then you know the flash even though i don't use it that often but 
extra batteries and yeah, 80 to 200, 85 mil, 24 to 70. And I think I've got something yeah, wider, but I don't often use it. Yeah. yeah. It's quite weird because yeah. I'm guessing we've all been there as photographers, right? At no matter what level, when you get a new camera, you're excited because you want to use it or lens, whatever it might be, you're excited to use it. But at the same time, if it's you, when you're in a situation where there's a little bit of pressure or, you know, you've got to produce results, you're kind of nervous to use it, right? Because well, you kind of know what does work, but at the same time, you kind of, you've got to take that leap sometime, right? Well, I'm hiring a, a faster lens for this shoot that I'm doing and they were like, oh, you should just get the, you know, the mirrorless version because it's so much faster. And I'm like, I just can't take that pressure, <laughs> you know, just using a mirrorless for the first time on a really important shoot. I mean, I've have done that before with like, yeah, a Hasselblad medium format digital, which I, I was having to download software on the hoof before a massive, you know, argh, yeah. No. So it's not not the best place to be. <laughs> you want to practice. Yeah, yeah. You can never yeah, get there's, there's no turning back though when you get that. Like I've got mirrorless and it's like, yeah, there's no, you kind of go, oh, why, why did I sit with a DSLR for so long? Like, yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, I don't know if it's that much of a leap once you kind of get used to it. It's, and it's so I much think, lighter. Well, that's the thing. And the other, I'm going to have to get used to that because actually sort of having that weight is what I'm used to, you know, so that's, that's the interesting thing. I'll see, it'll probably only be for like one go and then I'll be like, oh my God, what was I doing? Like you say, you know, yeah. why didn't I do this sooner? Because actually, you know, it hurts and the stuff's heavy and, you know, so yeah. You haven't got like three assistants with you or anything like that helping you? No, <laughs> not at all. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about um, photographing David Bowie because, uh, well, I'm a massive Bowie fan. Like my daughter is named after David Bowie and... Um, Bowie, not David. Yeah, yeah I was going to yeah. say. <laughs> my, one of my, my mate called her Dave. But um, her name is Bowie. The the era that, that you shot him in, like that kind of late nineties, is kind of one of my favourite eras of his. And like the earlier stuff to me is that music that's like it's just always been around, and I love it. But it wasn't my my Bowie, yeah. and um, particularly like the last couple of albums that he put out as well. They're they're my favourite albums of his. But that late nineties stuff, that I feel. It doesn't get as much love as it kind of deserves, really. But I don't know if that's like slightly rose-tinted glass or whatever. But I just, I don't know, like, what was it like working with him and, um, yeah, like shooting him and, you know, did you get much time with him or was it a real quick, like, in and out kind of thing? Well, it sort of came, it came from nowhere. It was a bit of a surprise, really. Um, I'd been, well, I've always done a lot of work with Placebo and at that time they were very close with him and um he had seen imagery that I'd I'd done with with placebo and um he was rehearsing for his 50th birthday tour and um he needed someone to take pictures of rehearsals and of um the show at the Hanover Grand so I got a phone call from management saying you know that we we want this covered and um you know we really like your stuff and would you come and take some pictures of rehearsal and so basically what that was and and you know obviously I suppose where I was wasn't the same place as you with David Bowie where you're like you know 
like because there are some shoots that I've done where I've been like oh like the waiting before the shoot is just unbearable but I was I kept it quite together although you know it's the respect isn't it for somebody like that is it's like it's a massive pressure to sort of make sure you come away with the goods and you know but what struck me was that because he requested me to come and do it he was when I think from what I've heard he is just he was just like the loveliest gentleman you know and um very respectful we had a you know a good chat beforehand and he he basically said do whatever you want to do you know so just 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 go go for it you know get on with it and do whatever you want to do so I set up on um the stage I well, I did some shots well I was shooting with my medium format camera on the stage and setting up lights and you know I suppose it's the thing is you tend to sort of overthink things sometimes when I think oh god I better not just shoot like reportage because that wouldn't be enough so I need yeah, to yeah. sort of do something a bit more and um and then so you know I just did what I could but some of it I didn't do brilliantly and I over you know there were these sort of like um projections on sort of sort of egg-shaped things and you know some of it was like overexposed and obviously yeah. I was shooting on film and going oh god you know a lot of how I shoot is a bit sort of it's not necessarily always technical but I just get on with it and do it and then go oh that worked or no that really didn't mm-hmm. but um yeah I mean he was just I suppose it, it sort of I sort of went to a slightly other dimension myself in yeah. terms of right I've just got to get on with this be really professional but he, I think his just how lovely was he was actually made me feel maybe more nervous because I was like, oh my God, he's really trusting me. And I've got to, you know, so um, yeah, it was a real, it was a real honour. I yeah. mean, amazing. Yeah. I mean, what, yeah, what, what a memory to kind of have as well. Yeah, yeah. I know. In, in, That's yeah, it. You know, as a print as well, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it's quite reassuring because like, I, I get this sense of feeling from your, you know, f- from from the kind of, you know, videos I've watched on your photography or all your actual work that I've seen, right? It never comes, it always comes across quite humble. It And it's like almost reassuring to know that you get nervous as well, right? Or, you know, it's not just like, I'm going into work today, I'm going to do this, I don't really care. And I remember like, you know, I, I think I watched an interview that you did, I don't know, it could have been 10 years ago for all I know. Um, but you were saying that, you know and it's something i've never thought about but you were saying like sometimes the bands have just had a shit time on stage but you don't really think about that right so yeah you know you've got to be kind of candid with your photos and make sure that you're kind of shooting away and i guess i wondered if, if, if it's do you always have that kind of creative freedom or is that just a case you've got to put yourself in that position or is there sometimes like rules that you need to follow or unwrote you know unwritten kind of rules so I probably inflict my own rules um, because yeah. I am probably overly sensitive to, uh, you know, not, but, you know, there are some photographers that maybe straight after a show would barge straight in, and, yeah. you know, but that's not, unless we sort of agree that that's what I'm going to do. I think, I think I'm a bit more respectful in terms of, I think, right, well, you know, I'm just going to give them a bit of time. I think somewhere along the line, you know, I've, that message has been sort of said to me and then I've thought okay I don't want it to feel uncomfortable so I only really want to be there when it's okay to be there and you know take advantage in that way Mm. when when I feel like it's the right time so I'm probably too sensitive to it Mm. but that's not necessarily a bad thing that's probably that just fits right with 
with me I suppose and how I want to do it and yeah I'm definitely not sort of in your face I'd rather sort of in that kind of reportage way I'd rather just sort of you know almost yeah, be unnoticed on yeah, yeah. Than in someone's face saying you should sit here you should be doing that here yeah, which is you then, know I appreciate that when you're doing a photography shoot and there's you know a, a certain result that you're trying to get then that's great but it's nice to know that you know the a lot of the photos are genuinely what's going on at that time right yeah I mean that's I suppose I'm thinking more of sort of you know backstage and that sort of thing for yeah. those particular shots but there are other times when you do have to be quite you know domineering and you know I've been likened to a, a school mistress you know who's being quite bossy and I suppose that's the other extreme is that when you need to get stuff done you're just like right come on <laughs> like you could get on you know so and then it's the banter that comes out which sometimes is a bit abstract but can sometimes get the reactions that yeah. you know that you yeah. want almost by going the opposite to what you want them to do will cause a opposite reaction you know yeah, so. yeah. i suppose as well if it's like a commission or something but you maybe feel a bit more like able to do that because you know you've got to leave with something whereas if it's a personal project it's yeah harder to push that kind of side of you because you think well it's just my own yeah um but then at the same time if people aren't willing at all because that has happened occasionally you know not often then you just think well you know what i'm not going to push it because if you don't want to do it something i can do your <laughs> so, loss yeah. yeah yeah this is you know this is your promotion and stuff yeah. so if you're not yeah, that's it. I'm yeah, not gonna yeah. force you. There's yeah. only so much you can do, right? And that's in any yeah. situation. Yeah. And you shouldn't have to go, you know, you shouldn't have to force anything. Do you know what I mean? No. And so when it comes to the actual photography itself, I know that you used to shoot a lot of film and obviously you, you shoot a lot of digital as well. Do, do, do you ever shoot film still now? So I'm just relocating my studio at the moment. I've got a little studio not far away, but I'm having to so all the negatives and you know I've got a scanner and printer here in this and I'm trying to sort of organize it so I can fit everything in and um during my sort of mass throwing out of stuff the other day I opened up my big medium format bag and it's got so much film and polaroids in there that's really old yeah. but I thought well actually it's going to be quite fun to have a go on it even the old stock because mm. you know as long as it's nothing really important that you're shooting as long as it's more like a test actually you could get some really cool results so yeah. I will and um my daughter is 14 and she's going to do art and stuff and and you know there's going to be photography so she can really wow them with some old polaroids you know six seven polaroid and yeah. Wow, so yeah cool. so it'll be fun to sort of go through it but it's you know it's not easy to sort of go back to the the film basics and medium format it's you know You've got to sort of know what you're doing, haven't you? A bit more. And and your your children, it's Martha and Griffin, is that right? And yeah. that, like I appreciate, you know, Martha's like you just said, she's getting into like the the art side of things. Have they ever shown in interest towards photography, or have they had a camera in their hand since they could hold? Yeah. Them? Well, you know, iPhone. Yeah. Photography, <laughs> um, and I've I've because I use my phone. So one thing, you know, whenever uh, I sort of I'm doing personal pictures, not necessarily the buddy project, but just like, you know, family snaps and stuff, yeah. I find it much easier to use my phone because 
carrying a big old camera and the lens is just a bit of a faff you know and yeah. and actually when you're looking after kids or, you, or you're taking the dog out you know that you just don't have enough I can't focus like that you know I have to be a bit more sort of loose and free and um so actually I've started doing a bit of you know workshops on how to get the most out of your smartphone for like small businesses and for kids and stuff and so they've watched um a couple of those and you know they've been my sort of guinea pigs and and uh, yeah they, they both got a really good eye and they you know it's just about giving it a good go isn't it you've got nothing to lose you could delete just make sure you do some good housekeeping and delete all the crap <laughs> ones you know i think but, at the end of the day smartphones and their cameras nowadays they're good cameras right yeah and i guess like for me as well i take a lot of photos on my phone because sometimes I, you know like you said i don't have a camera sitting around my neck or whatever it yeah. might be and sometimes i just want to capture the moment i don't want to think about trying to take a good photo i don't want to I'm not taking a photo to make a pretty picture. I'm taking a photo to capture whatever's happening at that time. And really yeah. that brings me just as much, because I'm the only one that's going to be looking at those photos, right? Or, or friends and family. Yeah. It's about you capturing a moment that will make you smile when you look back on it. And that's it. Or, or even for like, you know, social media content and like yeah. stories. And, you know, I use mine for making videos in lockdown and, uh, you know, so yeah. And, and even product shots, like, pictures of prints or um pictures of things i'm selling i'll just use my phone but yeah. um yeah is there anything wrong with that i know there's this huge debate within the kind of like photographic world but no what why why is it any different do you know what i mean i'm sure there'll be another kind of thing that comes out within the next 20 years that will be a new way of taking photos do you know what i mean it's just, <laughs> yeah there's a place for you know there's a place for everything I think all different styles of photography and and it's like you know again I did a project with some artists not that long ago and so the actual portraits I did with my um with my Nikon but then I took like just candid incidentals in their studio space and just you know bush bush bush, bush with my with my phone just like you know up here down there like just to do just tons of content because um yeah, yeah. it's useful. I know I, I wasn't going to ask you anything about kind of social media but I will just because we touched upon it but I think your your social media game if you like is good it's really strong oh, right yeah, like, and that. especially like yeah like me and Luke we're obviously you know we're, we're working on front and trying to build that up um and it's you know it's inspiring to see someone who has a body of work yet you're using social media in the way you do and mm. Is that been like something you've had to adapt to or is it just something you've kind of naturally gone into as it's kind of gone boom, if you know what I mean? So when I started Resonators, um, I realised that I'd need to do, I really didn't want to do social media, but I, I realised that it was important because it was a, my own project and it was something that it would be useful to do. And I remember actually when I was shooting Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols for it, I yeah, I think I was sort of, you know, saying, oh, what's your Instagram? And he said, how many followers you've got? And I think I said, oh, about 300. And he was like, why are you even bothering? I was like, fair yeah. point. But anyway, um, so, you know, it's been a slow build, but over lockdown, that was one thing I sort of invested in, in sort of like trying to learn uh, about sort of creating, you know, sort of your online audience and how best to sort of, promote sort of you know print sales and because that's you know that is an 
easy thing that I was able to turn to as well in lockdown to sort of generate income because I mean, again you know because there wasn't any wasn't actively shooting for quite a while but at the same time it's quite difficult because now I've built up my um, social media and it's quite archive heavy but I am shooting a lot of other things all the time but it doesn't always fit you know but then I don't want to have all these different accounts so yeah it's um it's it's funny and sometimes I can put a lot of effort into it and other times I'm like oh I just like always oh, going Coxon's yeah. birthday or quickly find a picture yeah. but yeah every day you could post three birthday photos I reckon do you know what I mean at least the, the amount of people you know the amount of people you know and you photograph which is amazing but yeah it was quite interesting because it you know is it a chore to you or have you kind of learned to accept that that's what it is and that's a part of it now right uh, no, I I do enjoy doing it, but I mean, the thing that strikes me is that you have to be an expert at so many things now. You know, when I first started, you take pictures, take them to the lab and that was it. Yeah. And now I have to be, you know, I've, I'm a shop owner of two online shops. I have to try and work out mailing lists. I have to do mailing lists. I have to do social media, um, content creation, make videos. I mean, speaking to camera, it's easier doing this kind of thing. But when you have to, like the thing I did before, I had to sort of sort of uh, present something and, and it's just really hard. It's not what I do, even sort of teaching. Mm. It's not what I do, but you sort of, the more you do it, you know, the more practiced you become, I guess, and it does get a bit easier, but it, all of it fills you with horror to begin uh, with, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> we've started making videos in the last kind of, you know, six or seven months or so. And, you know, we'd both admit it is terrifying talking to the camera when you know, like this, you're having a conversation. There's yeah, yeah. Pressure, yeah. But when, you know, when you're trying to record yourself and then you watch it, like watching it back, I think that's the worst thing because, you you know, you'll talk to the camera and you're like, Yep, I've said everything I need to say. Then you watch it back, and you're like, mm, mm. "I know." Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. you know, you're like, "Oh, now, now I've got now I know what I've done wrong because I can see it. I don't want to be portrayed like that, so now I've got to do it again." And then you've got more pressure. I don't know. It's not. It's not. And a it gets hard. It doesn't get easier. It gets harder yeah. when you have to re-record. Like, yeah. Yeah. So fair play to the people that do do it, you know, consistently, and they do it yeah. well. You know what I mean? It was. It was funny saying like you're posting a lot of archive stuff because there was like Jamie mentioned. I had a lot of images Jamie did as well like that you'd taken on my wall as a as a like child as a teenager and it was really funny looking through your social media and seeing so many of them <laughs> like and, who uh, uh so like the Foo Fighters was a big one that was a real big one when I was but, so me and Luke are both very into the Foo Fighters but yeah. you like Luke you're a little bit older than me so you you've known them longer right so like, yeah, yeah, I, I feel like one of those food. questions, like, what was your first Foos album? That kind of thing. But yeah, yeah. Both, both both had Foos on the wall. I definitely had Blink-182 on my wall. Yeah. Oh, okay, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. that first. I remember reading in Kerrang! when the Foo Fighters had first formed and being like, what's this name? I don't like it. And, um, and now, like, yeah, I didn't know where that name had come from. And I was expecting them to be really... Um, I just didn't think they were going to be any good because they had such a weird name. Well, and yeah, they, and we none of us knew, you know, I think was their first performance at Reading Festival. Yeah, one of their... In the yeah, tent, yeah. packed that tent out, yeah. So I did shoot some of that, but God knows where those transparencies are. Yeah. Was, <laughs> she says, looking over at the massive... Yeah. Yeah. One day. Yeah. One day. One day, yeah. yeah. 
But the one that popped up recently was the Wild Hearts, that Justin Lester oh, yeah. cover. Because that yeah, yeah. was like, that was a big, big record for me, that single in particular. Tell, tell her why that song's so important, Luke. What, well, what, it was, why was that one song and not the album? Well, yeah, because uh, me and my mate went to buy the, um, the album and um, I didn't have enough money to buy the album, so I had to buy the single. And um, he got the album, I had that single. So I played that single to death. And I remember being like really, like really almost like transfixed by that cover because I just thought like I loved them, I loved them so much at the time, and um, that that they had um, the like Mark Heads on that cover, but yeah. he had only recently become part of the band, and I didn't, I'd not seen them with him in it before, uh, I'd not seen the band with him in. And I was like, is, it, is he a boy or is he oh, a girl? Yeah, I don't yeah. really know. And it, that was like, it kind of added to the whole like mystery of it all. And, uh, and then, yeah, seeing like, oh, another, another one that you had taken that was uh, a really big image. Yeah, and, and um, actually, because obviously Mark passed away yeah. during lockdown. And, and um, so I think that was probably when I was sort of digging out the pictures again, because I always really loved certainly the pictures of him particularly um from that and I got to work with him a couple of times afterwards but um I think that picture really again resonated with quite a few people you know as a sort of nice image to remember him by as well which was yeah, yeah it's nice, really yeah. nice I had a uh, like one not running what's the wrong wrong word like uh I can't remember the word, like not really meeting with them, but like I went to see them. I think it was like 97, maybe. And they, um, me and my mate were trying to rip the poster, like in the frame. <laughs> we were trying to rip the frame off the wall to get like the tour poster out of the back. And then like Ginger just walked around the corner out of the dressing room and was like, oh, I'll get it for you and just rip the whole thing off the wall. Oh, and, like, took the poster out and then went, no, come back, come back and took it off us and just walked off. Oh. And we were like, oh, okay. And he came back with another one. And then he'd got the whole band to sign them and like gave it to me and my mate and was like, oh. then. like all right. Um, but that was very cool. We, we, we waited from like about one o'clock in the afternoon for that gig to get like right down the front. And um, their tour bus was like right next to us. But we were too young to realize, you know, they were going to be asleep in that tour bus all day. We just kind right. of like, we thought we might see them or something, but no. Might hang out and have a cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. The Wild Hearts, I had to shoot them at the BBC. Well, for Kerrang, I had to shoot them at Elstree. Um, uh, I think they were doing Top of the Pops and um, Mark Keds was in the band. And I don't think that's when I did those black. I think I did those in a studio, but it was the, the first shoot I'd done with them before I did that cover shoot and um like I think it was Danny was like just winging in the corridor and uh it's like oh god <laughs> like is it you know a bit embarrassing but um I mean that's just sort of what uh, you know you sort of think oh no that's a bit of a cliche but then I suppose it was just you know they were just things, yeah. yeah one of those things and then there was a, a shoot I did I think probably the one when I did that artwork as well as it was a bit of a press session um the makeup artist was um 
someone that I worked with quite a few times and she was pregnant a bit older than me at the time and um she was yeah she was doing the makeup and one of the band I can't remember who it was offered her some speed yeah, and she right. was and she was like no I think I'm okay I don't think the baby would really like it but I thanks. mean I would but you know this is yeah <laughs> exactly any other time I was just going to ask a question about kind of like influences to you because when I think about like your work and your body of work it's hard to imagine because you've got like a very unique style even though you're doing portrait photography and it's like musicians I, I would still like to think that I can see your kind of vision in them yeah they're very deliberate photos which is great but do you have influence you know do you still get influenced by people now or is there like older photographers that you get inspired by still now that you refer to well, again, it's it's funny because things will pop up on Instagram, like sometimes older photographers that I didn't know, for example, Janet Beckman, I think her name is, and like someone will suddenly, and you're like, God, I didn't know them. And then you'll start sort of delving into their, you say their, their feed and go, whoa, my goodness. And actually it is quite nice when you come across women as well, because I think, you know, even me sort of, the, I mean, there definitely were, other women photographers around but you know I think that has improved as time has gone on in terms of you know there are definitely more girls out there than there were but it, I suppose it's always nice when you see you know someone like uh, the, the women ones that have influenced me like Penny Smith and Jill Fermanovsky and I really love early Annie Leibovitz like all the music stuff I mean I really respect everything she's done as well you know from the sort of more high scale high end sort of productions but i think that isn't really like even sort of david le chapelle back in the day i'd be like yeah. wow but it's not necessarily where i wanted to go but you can still marvel at everything they've put into it and sort of those unique you know like whoopi goldberg in the sort of bath of milk or you know the picture of um john and yoko where he's naked and and you know those sort of really classic images but um I assisted Ross Halfin when I was when I just left uni um so I did a degree and then I started assisting him and that's kind of I didn't leave uni thinking I want to be a music photographer but I met him just as I was sort of ending my degree and then started working with him and it was a really sort of peak time whereby there was lots of um budgets for trips and stuff so I you know started flying around you know to Mexico with him to shoot Def Leppard and Dublin to do Henry Rollins and then next minute I was <laughs> oh then that was one of the best shows I've ever seen um which um Pearl Jam uh, really? and um Henry yeah. Rollins and and um yeah so what was great there is that it was just amazing to start really living it and and sort of you know working really fast and um it was hard work because you know it was a lot of medium format gear to carry and my shoulders are still I think really sue him um but yeah um, it, but damaged <laughs> yeah but just um you know learning how to set things up really quickly and break it down really quickly and you know um and you, uh, you, you know you you realize very quickly that you really enjoyed this and you know you want to yeah yeah, and, and well, because I suppose I always had sort of ambition or, or 
you know like just want to do things myself as well after a certain amount of time I was a bit like really itching to do this myself and I can do it you know even though I'd be sort of a bit shy and like oh but you know I always knew that I could sort of give it a go and after a while just thought I want to be doing it and got the real bug and and then just started sort of seizing opportunities as best I could and and then managed to get a few things published and just carried on from there so was that kind of a turning point when you first got something published or or are there still times now where there's like lows and highs right like like you said that's a low right but at the same time is it like has it been like that throughout your career or is it just a case that there there is literally a wave that you've got to ride all the time you've constantly yeah no I, I think it's it hasn't just gone like this all the way you know you definitely you know there's been uh, sort of moments along the way where you go right okay 2007 coinciding with when I had my first kids was the sort of real digital revolution all the music sort of left the music industry I mean the money left the music industry yeah. in terms of sort of budgets but then also digital photography just sort of you know came up and all of a sudden everyone could take the pictures and you know so it was like there'd been lots of things and then also as a well I found that as a um just in my case that people just sort of wrote me off and thought oh she's just you know she's a mum now and it's like oh my god like I've worked harder I think since I've had kids in terms of just what I do than ever you know before then you know it's just constantly having to sort of move with the times and that's it even the sort of social media and everything it's just you you can't sort of just assume that it's always the one thing you can guarantee is change and you've got to just keep changing that sort of thing there you go I like that quote that's a good one yeah, it's that, true that, one of the questions I had was like you know words of words of wisdom if you like but that kind of covers it you know yeah. it just shows you you've got to work hard no matter what and you know becoming a mum as well you know you're working hard with your career and then you're all of a sudden overnight you're working doubly as hard because you know you're trying to be the best mum you can as well as be successful in your own right yeah and I mean I was in the pit two months after I had her and even though my head was sort of like I don't know where it was you know there's definitely been times where I'm like right I've got to put a different hat on today and just sort of try and get myself in that zone when oh you know your head's sort of spinning and um it's uh there's also been times where I've thought I've got to have to get a proper job because there's literally nothing happening and so it's yeah it's not been easy but at the end of the day it's all I've ever done and it's hopefully what I'm good at and you know I just gotta keep just making those you can't always expect the opportunities to come to you you have to also put it out there and try and make things happen you've got to work hard right no matter what level you're at you've got to work hard to get yeah I had, I had a question about your mum, Charlotte. So yes. obviously she used to be, I, I don't know too much about her, so bear in mind, but she used to be a model in France, right? Well, in in she is French. but no, she's she, French, but she used to be a model, yeah. Yes. Like looking at her, uh, her photos, for argument's sake, did that influence you in terms of your work today even, or, you know, your, your, your history sort of thing? Is, has that helped in, influence you? Yeah, I'd say 100%. Um, I met um, uh, Robert Whittaker with her once who photographed all like early Beatles stuff and, you know, other loads of other things. But, um, you know, that was not only did she, she's got incredible portfolios of work with some of the 
you know, most incredible fashion photographers and music photographers from back in that time. Um, so they definitely struck a chord. There's, there's like a whole calendar she did for Coca-Cola where they're just amazing, they're brilliant. Um, and uh, yeah, so meeting Robert Whittaker was like, just seeing all his old cameras and, um, I think he definitely, because he was a Nikon shooter and he had some really, really old bodies and I just found it really exciting to sort of, you know, just look at them and hear some stories. And so, yeah, I de I'd definitely yeah. say. Side of things as well, do you know what I mean? Like very inspiring to know that you've still wanted to follow your own path and, you know, make a success of yourself, you know what I mean? Which I think, you know, is an important thing to know. You should never kind of, assume anything's going to be given to you in any way it, you know anyone do you know what I mean um so it's nice to know that you know you were influenced but at the same time very much made it your own is there anyone that you've been like going after trying to shoot that just doesn't happen it's never happened um let me think you don't have to name what you don't want yeah, yeah <laughs> no, like there was a <laughs> there was a time when I used to go really love to oh so for example I am doing a lot of positive channeling for uh I really like Tame and Parlor so I keep going oh Tame and Parlor okay. <laughs> like yeah. really like to shoot them I just they just make me feel so happy and, and not in a sort of drug I mean I've never taken drugs it's not it's not me I'm just a bit unusual in that uh not yeah. definitely not one of the wild hearts. I don't think but... that's unusual at all. Well, <laughs> you know, for some, but you um, don't do drugs. <laughs> but but Tame and Parlor are so euphoric yeah, that yeah. you don't need. To, yeah, there's something about it. I don't know. Just that's the great thing about music; it takes you to these places. But um, there are a couple of other women that I, when I was doing resonators, I really struggled with the women side of it and I really wanted to to have more featuring but many just weren't either not like Vil Valbertine, Vil Valbertine at the time yeah, yeah. I was chasing chasing it didn't happen Bonnie Raitt was going to do it and it just something like she had some personal things going on like family illness or something at the time so that didn't happen but quite soon after I'd finished Resonators St Vincent became more in my arena of like ah oh god if only I'd sort of known back then then I totally would have wanted to do St Vincent and Courtney Barnett I'm a big fan of but actually I was speaking to someone the other day and I was going oh so there is a potential that maybe something might happen this year with both of them I've just got to chase it and try and make it happen oh you heard it here first yeah, yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Amazing guitarist, isn't she? Like watching her live is just like stunning guitar playing. It's absolutely like she's incredible. This is it, you know. And it's just shooting live. I do enjoy, but at the same time, there's nothing like just getting your own portrait. And it's like when I shot um, Duran Duran, who were teenage you know pinups for me um I did after think oh my god I've got my own posters now <laughs> like <laughs> that I've made myself yeah. Which, no they didn't actually become I didn't make them into posters like a weirdo <laughs> but um but you know it is that that is where you can really capture something that is yours you know and and sort of have that connection and so hopefully that will be something that I can try and make yeah, happen yeah. we'll see yeah. That's cool to hear though, because it's like 
again, it's inspiring to know that you can take a photo and you can get like the same sense of reward almost that a fan of that artist might be. Yeah, because like as photographers, we know that when we take a photo that we're proud of, other people might not get it, right? So you're like, you know, this photo means probably more to me because people don't get it. But when you're doing work like, you know, your, your body of work with taking portraits or, you know, whatever it might be behind the scenes, it's still nice to know that you're getting that, oh, that's a good photo, I can't wait to see them, that kind of feeling, do you know what I mean? It's not just like, I went to work today, I took some photos, I don't know where they'll be used or what they're going to be used for, but I went and did that, do you know what I mean? It's still nice to know that you you get excited about doing it. Yeah, and, and I mean, it can be, so like when I shot Peter Green, for resonators um that was quite uh, a challenge to try and well a get in contact with him and b you know make it happen um and sometimes it's the feeling you get when you've you've you know you've got something that fits like i came away from that because he he at the time you know, he couldn't hear very well like he definitely needed hearing aids and you know he's quite sort of out there and and so it was quite difficult to sort of really you know because he couldn't really hear that well um so and there was you know you think of peter green at the time and at one point you know people were saying he was busking and homeless and all these things so it was important to come away with something that felt like it was sort of rep, you know honoring him yeah. in every respect and so when when you come away from a shoot and think actually I have got something that that feels I'm really happy with that because it's sort of in, it's sort of giving it's managed to get something that feels right you know not just a picture but it's just sort of feels quite yeah he feel he looks like like he's in charge and you know and so and and sometimes I get that feeling from it can be like one of the buddy portraits or something it can just be it's just these little magical moments and um they can like spring out music, right? like music in general like it gives you this sense of feeling that you can't kind of explain because everyone has their own individual taste you know there's um, i mean this is it like the other day i watched i made the family watch west side story we all don't like musicals and certainly not dancing in films yeah. but yeah. There was one song, literally, I was like, mm, I can't listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was just, I was a mess. I was described as fragile, but music can take you to yeah. these places, you yeah. know, and, you, and you're just like, what is going on? How can music sort of get that much emotion in you, you know? But yeah. I, I don't like, um, I've never been into like classical music, right? Shock horror. But... I watched the TV show This Is England and I heard one of the like one of the songs in it was by an artist called Ludovico Einaudi. Like he's just an Italian pianist. And I fell in love with him. And I, I I probably listened to him three or four times a week, and I have done for probably 12, 13 years now. And I've I I've never kind of found anyone I found similar artists that I would obviously listen to, but I've discovered him and to me, like, I, I probably will never listen to something similar. I'm, I don't know, maybe, maybe because I, I like all types of music, right? But I listen to him and 
it means yeah. more to me that I've like I kind of just even though he's he's huge, right? Um, but to me, I was like, I found him through something I watched. I happened to Shazam, who it was, and I fell in love with it. And it's the same yeah. in many areas of life, right? With photography, with with whatever hobby it might be, but with music, it's you can't really. Touch. Oh God, yeah. I mean, it can. That's it. When it surprises you like that. You're like, whoa, you know, or that's it when you hear a new band and you're like, who is this? And it's just like, you know, because a lot of the time it's just like, oh, yeah, so the radio or whatever. And it's just nothing. But then all of a sudden you hear something, you're like, whoa. I recently had that with um, this band called Wolf Alice that I had, I, I weirdly, I'd seen them live supporting the Foo Fighters and was like, oh, they're pretty good. I've totally written them off and then forgot about them and then heard one of their songs off their latest album and was just like, wow, what is this? This is incredible. And I've gone back through all their old stuff and like, oh yeah, they were always a brilliant band. That was just kind of me being a, I don't know, because they play them on Radio One. So I'm like, nah, that's like, it's not for me. Um, but they're, they're an incredible band and like they're, everyone speaks at the moment. Like, Do you like Wolf Alice? Because like, they're really, really good. Um, but they are brilliant with an excellent like female front woman, um, like brilliant guitarist and stuff like that. But I, well, I need to listen to a bit more Wolf Alice. Like I haven't really listened to much, but um, well, well you can get the opportunity. You've got to invite us now along with you, okay? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, Tame and Parlor. and uh, yeah, Courtney. Barnett. I mean, I saw her play in a small venue in Oxford not that long ago. It was before lockdown, obviously, yeah. um, and it was it was so good. And yeah. I think the first few times I heard her, I wasn't that keen, but then I got a bit more into her. And then after seeing her live, I was like, oh, she was she completely rocked. It was yeah. it was so good. Um, but to be honest, I don't really listen to tons of new stuff. I tend to either listen to nothing or a bit of audio books to try and feel like I'm reading something. But um, quite often I can't focus on, especially, you know, when I'm editing and stuff, sometimes I have music on or I'll listen to random things. Like there's a French music station called FIP and it's just really mixed, um, but actually quite good. Yeah, I think it's good. Like I go through stages of music, like, you know, like if anyone asks you, oh, who's your favourite? band or artist or whatever it might be it can change like almost week oh definitely and it's the same with radio like i'm going through like a big radio x phase at the moment and i don't know why it is i just happen to put it on and i really enjoy it but then tomorrow i might be listening to a lot of podcasts do you know what i mean it's just yeah. it, you just go through these stages depending on what kind of mood or what's influenced you um i did have a quick question i know it's getting on a little bit but i had a question from instagram that i actually thought was really good Ooh. I wanted to ask you if that's okay. Someone sent us a message. In fact, I'll tell, tell you who it was. So Salvanti underscore shoots. There you go. We can, we can give oh. them a shout out. They said, what does narrative mean to you? And how do you capture a story within an image? I know you've answered Ooh. a question similar to that, but I thought it'd be quite cool to get a, an up-to-date answer, so to speak. Well, it's, what's interesting to me about photography is uh, certainly when I was at college, is like when you take a picture and put a little sentence underneath it, it can completely change how you view that image, can't it? Which like, but it's quite hard to, I mean, you know, you saying that you can see I've got a style, sometimes it's harder for me to see that in yeah. my own work. 
but um you're your biggest critic right yeah or i think as time like maybe in the last couple of years i've started noticing okay maybe i can kind of see what i'm what i try to get is actually happening you know so i can sort of see that but it's um that is hard mm. unless you you know in one image to sort of try and sum everything because it's open to each viewer's interpretation isn't it yeah. so someone might not it'd be interesting to sort of do a poll and get one you know for example that peter green image and go what to how what does this evoke in you you know what what do you see when you look at this picture what how would you describe it for to people who don't know who he is or whatever um it'd be interesting to sort of see but I don't know. I think I just try and capture, certainly in portraits, I just try and capture a connection somehow that is not, it's something slightly underneath that initial outer layer. We know that you've done a lot of work for charity over the years. Is that always something you've, you've felt passionate about doing for, for various different charities or is that just something that... Uh, do you know what I mean is it, is it the individual charities that you've kind of chosen or is it just the opportunity that you've got to work with certain charities so I think when I first had my first exhibition I kind of didn't want it to just be all about me yeah. so it was like well I want this to have a bit of a bigger I don't want to go oh hello look at all my pictures aren't I brilliant it was more like well look I'd rather do this that's going to benefit something so I think the first exhibition I had I did it for a Brazilian uh, street child charity. And then I did a project called um, Your Child. And it was, what I wanted to do was just, yeah, get stuck into a project. And I thought I'd take photographs of celebrities with their, with a child that meant something to them and explore that relationship. Um, and I thought, well, who can, you know, what would work here? So, at the time I had some connections with War Child and thought, so I thought, well, that would work quite well. And we called it Your Child and, and it was sort of raising awareness and funds for them. And then when I decided to undertake Resonators as a project, again, I thought, well, it would be great to find a music, something that sort of fits in the music world because it's going to be guitarists. And so Teenage Cancer Trust sort of, you know, there were a few things I was thinking and then I thought, well, that could, work really well and and um so that's why I did that but you know it's funny because recently with the whole you you know the war thing I've been thinking oh, I just I keep thinking I don't you know what can I as everyone like what can I do is there anything you know that makes sense that fits and mm. still sort of sort of struggling with that but it's funny because I found some old posters that are <laughs> from the war child exhibition i've got all these like while i was clearing out these your child for war child i was thinking oh suddenly there was something i could do with all these old posters and you know but yeah we'll have them yeah yeah. (laughs) or like i've got like here just behind me is just loads of um old exhibition prints and stuff but it's just a way of sort of trying to see see who we've got here I got Liam. So it's it's like you know, could, could, sitting around. Yeah, about doing a photo shoot. Well, I don't know how easy it is for you to arrange this, but obviously, I know you've taken a few photos of Liam before, and you've also taken a few photo, well, a number of photos with Foo Fighters and Dave Grohl 
And obviously Liam's new song is like co-written with Dave Grohl, wasn't it? Oh, is it? I didn't know yeah. that. Am, am I thinking of the right song? I'm, I'm, I'm 99% sure that I'm not making this up. Um, <laughs> that, that'd be cool to get them both together, wouldn't it? Well, I'm be sure they cool. to write the song, but yeah, it'd be cool to see a, a Scarlet Page photo of the two of them. I'm sure you could reach out to them in some way. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, I'm that's sure, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, uh, I'm sure you're not busy, chaps, but yeah. can we uh, <laughs> organise this? Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> written a book good. and released the film, but, you know, I'm sure yeah. it's not an album. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you were saying about your office being a little bit, uh, you know, chaotic, but... It looks like it's organised chaos, to be honest. It seems like you've got a good order going with everything. Yeah, you're only seeing a little slice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yeah, it's um, I, it's getting there. I just um, I've definitely got a pile of things I need to get rid of. So, can you pull out another random one to show us? Let's find a random. A random. Oh, nice! Oh, that's unbelievable. That's really cool. Well, um, he looks quite young there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was 2003. Yeah. So he didn't, he had sort of, well, his hair's gone quite different now, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah, Ooh, yeah. We, had a question, we had a question on Instagram about that, actually. We had, we, had quite oh. a, we had quite a few questions, but some of them we've kind of already covered in what we spoke about and whatnot. But we did have one about, uh, what was it, Luke? Um, John Frashanti. It just says John Frashanti is nice, question mark. So I think it means <laughs> nice, but I'm guessing it's the whole band. So John Frashanti is probably the most popular person that I ever feature on Instagram. He yeah. he is so loved yeah. by so many very passionate, adoring fans. You know, he's um there's something about him. And I've shot the chilies a few times and then I shot him for resonators and uh, you know uh, when I shot him for resonators it would one minute I'd feel like I was stealing his soul in terms of how he looked and I was like oh he doesn't look very comfortable mm. but then other times he was sort of shine you know he was shining and um, he's just one of those people that music is everything it's, you know it really is a person who is generally passionate about what he's doing he, he would do it regardless if he was sitting on you know inside a hotel room for a year with the door closed or whether he had to go on stage and perform he just seems like a, a genuine person do you know what I mean like completely I mean that's his that is his focus he's that is that's everything and um you know it's it's actually I didn't realize I, that I've got so many different sort of moments of of his career and you know there's one shot that I particularly love where he's just post interview and he'd been really emotional in the interview and you can see on his t-shirt the the wet from his tears because mm. he just kind of came straight out into it and see so just sort of recentering himself before then he sort of opened up and sort of moved on but you know that shot was like just really vulnerable and then you wouldn't necessarily notice the tears but then when you see them you're like mm. it's uh, weird yeah. though isn't it because you you've got that kind of exclusive story behind the photo right where I look at the photo and I go he's sexy do you know what I mean but, <laughs> yeah. but until you look at the photo a little bit closer and then you well, you, know, you have to have it's your... that narrative thing again isn't it mm. it's like you wouldn't necessarily know but then 
I think that's what's quite nice in, in lockdown when I was doing the little videos to sort of talk about, you know, what happened before the shoot or, uh, you know, the story behind the image. Um, then it's sort of, if you're already in, if you already know the image or, you know, are interested in the band, then it's just adds that extra dimension, which is always going to be interesting, isn't it? I guess. Has there ever, ever been anyone that you've met that you weren't too fussed about, say, meeting initially but then your your perception has been heavily changed and you've then become a fan of do you know what I mean like maybe even someone that you you weren't too keen on their music wise you know I'm not saying you're judging them as a person but oh I don't really know their music I've never really been that first but then you've met them you've been inspired by them and now you've become a fan I was just thinking that I had to do a, a, a press session an album artwork with um James Blunt and I'm not a particular fan of his music but I was I don't quite. think he's a particular fan of his music, is he? But <laughs> no, but he's yeah, he's become quite a likable figure, yeah, yeah. certainly. But um, he, I was just quite surprised at how photogenic he was and how yeah. easy it was to shoot him because I wasn't expecting that. But he just looked. It's not something I, that would have sort of ever been on my radar. And then I was just like, he's really probably one of the most easiest person that I've ever shot ever. Like he. I wouldn't say that I sort of... Was that the portrait she did of him in the, in the car? Is that right? Yeah, I did I'm that. I'm embarrassed yeah. that I know that, but I do know that. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think, like, I really sort of necessarily reached sort of right into his soul. Yeah, but yeah. at the same time, he was just, you know, I just thought, God, this is really easy. He looks great in everything that I'm shooting. You know, he just is very, very photogenic. So I was like, wow, that was, that was, yeah, made my job a lot easier. Um yeah, but I don't know in terms of, I don't think I've had one of those moments where I've gone from not knowing someone to completely going, oh my God, you know, I just love them. But I've had that with people that aren't necessarily, like I've, I've had that on other shoots where I did a shoot with um, a guy called Henry Normal who um, ran Baby Cow Productions, which is Steve Coogan's, yeah. did like the Royal Family and, and um, I had to do a shoot for the National Artistic Society magazine. That some, I sort of reached out to them and said I wanted to do some work with them. And yeah. I did a, a shoot of him, his family, him, his wife and his son who has autism. Mm. And um, that I came away from just with, as the biggest fans of them, both um on so many levels and and that's when you have shoots like that when you come away and just it's really touched you on such a profound level and just like humanity and the love like parental love and and how far people go and just yeah that unconditional love and you know so things like that more so maybe that's good though. It means you, you know, you're honoured to be there and doing what you love. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but it can happen any time. You know, I just that was particularly. I remember sort of coming away, just feeling so infused somehow. It's just, I mean, that does happen quite a lot on shoots, but that one particularly. 